Welcome to the Bread and Circuses podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Welcome back once again to Bread and Circuses podcast from our hermetically sealed coronavirus-proof studio. I am Rooster, here with Crow. <coughs> Hello. Hello. You having trouble breathing? <coughs> yeah, uh, just a minute. Hi. Why did you cough all over me like that? Um, Because that's the, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Cough straight forward? Yep, cough straight forward. Right. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to get germs on your own body because then you transfer it to other places like tables and doorknobs and stuff so you're just supposed to cough straight forward out into the open air and then it dissipates it dissipates it goes away i uh heard a guy from uh, a doctor talking today saying that all the hand sanitizer and stuff that people are using that's great uh it's better than nothing but it doesn't really work to kill it to kill the virus yeah and that's he was talking about some sort of fatty layer around the cell of this virus and soap destroys it that soap just wrecks yeah. so wash your damn hands yeah that's all I'm saying. The most important thing is not even just wash is not washing your hands. Most important thing is to stockpile toilet paper. Yeah, no, the mo- it's just not to touch your face, not to touch your nose, not to touch your mouth and your eyes with your hands. And then uh, when you're out and about, and then when you get home and you thoroughly wash your hands, rub your nose and lick your fingers and rub your eyes as much as you want. You know, <laughs> stop it. Rooster's rubbing his nose now, and then he's swiping the table, my laptop. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, that's, that's what it got. I, I, I noticed, you know, and out there talking about it. I don't, I don't like, I just rub my nose, like speaking, like right now, I just did it with the back of my finger. Like I just like a little itch. And I went like that and swiped my finger across my nose. So if I had my hand full of coronavirus, I would probably transfer it right there to myself. How about this? How about go ahead and touch your face all you want? Cause you're not going to get coronavirus. You're not going to die. What if you're talking to our 97 year old listeners? Uh, well, then, you know, he had a good run. <laughs> it's like that old uh, Larry the Cable Guy joke where he talks about buying uh, it, uh, flowers for his grandma's funeral. And uh, they were like, uh, he goes, yeah, she lived to be 102. And they're like, oh, really? What'd she die of? He goes, she was 102. It's <laughs> not <laughs> like she broke, cracked up her bike at Harley Week or something. Yeah. All right. So we got a bunch to talk about. Sorry. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, I want to start off with uh, the primaries, Super Tuesday 2. Joe Biden kicked Bernie's ass to the point where this is that fight again where Bernie probably should be out. I'm I'm praying for him to stick it out as long as he can because I just love the shit show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think Bernie's got a shot. He was just on the, just on the news today going, nope, we're going to be in this, which is what Elizabeth Warren said two days before she bailed. Yeah, I was looking forward to more like the one-on-one debates between Biden and Bernie. And there's a chance that that might not even really happen, right? I think they're talking about having it just in a studio someplace, so no live yeah. audience or anything like that. And the, the, supposedly the Biden camp said they want to have it seated. Well, yeah. So, and Bernie said, well, well no way, because that's... You know, obviously, Bernie knows that Biden can't can't hack it, but Bernie, I mean, really, I mean, he he's, he doesn't have the, uh, the the vigor of a young man either. Are you kidding? He's got his arms over his head like that the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got very strong shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, I uh, I, I want to see. You know who I would vote for in the primary? There, which one of those two can program a VCR? <laughs> We need to have a pay-per-view of the two of them just doing that. Yeah, well, uh, Biden would go over to the VCR and he'd go, I got to talk to these record players. After he or, sniffed it. Yeah, yeah. He'd smell it and then he'd say, these record players, they need to be talked to real nice. Like, you he'd, know. he'd rub the top of it. Yeah. And then uh, uh, what Bernie would just call like his his nephew or something to, Scott, come over here and program this for me. That's what he'd say, right? He'd say, you're not getting a dime, though. Not paying you a dime. <laughs> You'd be like, Castro didn't have these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, I don't care if they, if they're seated. I think uh, if I were having like an, an hour long debate, I'd want to sit in a comfortable chair too. 
That's why we're doing jumping jacks while we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But We're old. We get winded. Yeah. I, I can't imagine Biden. So, but the, he was on, well, not him, but Joe Rogan and had Andrew Santino on. And they were, there's another comedian. And they were talking about uh, all the blunders that Biden's been having. Yeah. And they did the one where he uh, was reciting the beginning of the Declaration of Independence. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women are created equal. You know, he didn't even say equal. He said created. Uh, you know the thing. The thing. <laughs> you know, the thing. And uh, Joe Rogan literally goes like, <laughs> "He can't be president." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "He goes seriously. There's something wrong with the guy." You know, he goes, "He's just." I mean, that's pretty much the consensus. It's not even like. A partisan thing at this point even the left like you were telling me the there's democrats out there they're like really want to limit his ability to james gaff james clyburn who's the south carolina congressman who basically delivered the whole south carolina black vote to uh to um biden because he said no that's he gave this big long rambling speech at some he was at a funeral somewhere and this old woman said hey you know you tell me who who i should vote for and it was just i think it was a made-up story but regardless uh he he went for biden he has come out now and said that they need to cancel the primaries because it's over for uh, bernie so you need to cancel these primaries and cancel the debates um bernie needs to bail and uh you know it's because coronavirus and everybody's safety and it will limit the amount of dumb stuff that joe biden could say yeah but how is that i'm paraphrasing but that's basically what he said that's really it's dumb to say that out loud for one and and it's very dumb strategically because what's going to happen when biden has to face trump then i well first of all i don't think james clyburn is you know going to be winning any mensa competitions right i just don't think he's very smart just like i don't think joe biden's very smart Um, of course not no i mean he got thrown out of his first uh, presidential run for being cut plagiarizing stuff yep it's just i don't think he's he's not a mental superhero but you know I, he's just saying what so many people think and i don't know if biden has dementia i'm not even gonna go that far i'm not a doctor i i can't say but he's what i would expect from a 78 or 79 year old guy who's sort of declining in health he's just not sharp yeah, an out of touch geriatric that's what he is he's just he's just not sharp and there's going to be people who'll say well trump's not very sharp oh fuck you Trump is sharp. Hey, look, I don't like her, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg is sharp. She sounds like she's, you know, or sorry, she looks like she's fallen apart. But, I mean, you can tell her brain is still busy in there. It's thinking all the wrong stuff, but. I, when have you last seen her? When did they wheel her out last? Uh, probably about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. She was at some, she's at some conference. She's up on got the, stage. the Weekend at Bernie's thing going on right now. You think so, huh? Mm-hmm. No, she was uh, she was she was articulate and she was smart, but she was sitting on this couch all like hunched up in yeah, this little ball. Yeah, yeah, like it was hard for her to. Mm-hmm. And I love when the people go, "I was doing her workout and I couldn't even." Oh, shut it. up! Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling great, and I didn't sleep very much last night, and I still managed to go run two miles on the treadmill. Yeah. She couldn't do it. And hold my head up off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> And work the Netflix button yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So, but so some of his blunders, he did the, uh, you know, mixing up his wife and his sister on that thing. I I don't think that's fair to say to him because they they walked up behind him. Well, just like saying uh, Super Thursday, uh, Tuesday, uh, big deal. That's like anybody can make that mistake. Yeah. The other gaffes are more egregious though. Yeah, but I mean, if it if when he was walking up there, his wife was on his left and his sister was on his right. He didn't look back and see him. He just said it. Yeah. You know, and they, they switched on him. Okay. And the whole thing with uh, calling Chris Wallace Chuck, he had just been on Chuck Todd's show. I get that. But these guys are supposed to be on top of that shit. Yeah. But I look, I'm willing to forgive all that stuff, and I think the right's got to get off his back about that. But he said the the uh, O'Biden, the O'Biden-Bama campaign. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you mix that one up? It's your own last name. Right. And uh, the getting lost in the Declaration of Independence deal. But the one that I thought was the most egregious was this uh, getting into it with this 
auto worker. Yeah, I've got an article pulled up here that has a transcript, so we'll yeah, get into he was, it. Yeah, he was in Detroit. He was talking to a bunch of, I think it was Detroit, talking to a bunch of union members. Yeah, the uh, Detroit union workers at uh, at a plant. So they were wearing their hard hats, and this guy was a bearded, you know, dude with which with the vest with the with the reflective vest on and everything. I'm sure Joe's probably thinking, "Oh, these are all my people," and you know, they probably predominantly are. But you have to expect in any large group of people, there's going to be a decent amount of people who disagree with you. Yeah. Well, let's quick go into what she says about it, or just the straight up um, all right setup. So this is Susan Jones from uh, CSN News. Hey, before you play this, what's your favorite setup on your AR-14? <laughs> um the under barrel uh narwhal horn mm. yeah that's my favorite part of that i like the uh the manatee launcher <laughs> i'm not going to play the audio it's actually pretty bad i'm just going to yeah. read uh so susan jones says uh hours after an angry joe biden shushed one of his female minders and told a union worker in michigan you're full of shit Biden preached a message of unity and dignity in Philadelphia Tuesday night. He didn't just shush her once, too. He shushed her twice, the the handler. He, um, no, he microaggressed her. Oh, That's yeah. What he did. Yeah. And isn't she a black woman? No, I think she was white. Oh, I thought she was a black um, woman. I was going to say, how dare I you? mean, I could play this, but I think it's pretty muddy. Yeah, so I'm it's, not going it's to. hard to hear. Um, so he goes... Um, he was at a Detroit automobile factory. He got into a heated argument with a union work worker who told Biden, quote... I'd like you to explain how you plan to not only keep us working, but how you intend to get the union vote when there's a large portion of the union workers that are gun enthusiasts and you are actively trying to diminish our Second Amendment right and take away our guns. And Biden goes, you're full of shit. Biden then hushed a woman, apparently one of his aides. Shush, shush, he told her when she tried to divert the candidate. Yeah, she said like, OK, that's enough. Let's keep moving. So he goes, uh, I support the Second Amendment. He insisted the second amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. Biden said, and from the very beginning, I have a shotgun. I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge. My son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapons. I'm not, you're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not the way, the way he said it in his defense is you're not allowed to own any, weapon. Yeah, just, just anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need a hundred rounds. The union worker told Biden, when you were with Beto, you said you were going to take our guns. I did not say that. Biden shot back. That's not. I did not say that. And he goes. The guy goes. It's a viral video. Uh, it's a viral video like the other ones they're pulling out that are. Oh, and Biden says viral, viral, viral video like the ones they're putting out there that are simply a lie. And then the guy goes. It shows your voice and said you're taking guns away. The worker said. Wait, 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 wait. Take your AR, AR-14s away. Biden told the man, pointing his finger in the man's face. Okay, this is not. He goes, this is not okay, all right, the worker said, putting his hand up as a shield against uh, Biden's index finger. Because Biden is like right in his fucking face. I'm glad the guy's like, dude, this is not cool. And, uh, and so Biden goes, don't tell me that. You want to go side with me? <laughs> yeah. And the guy goes, hey, you're working for me, man. The guy told Biden, I'm not working. And then um, the guy goes, and Biden's getting closer and closer. The guy's like, uh, you're pushing up on me, dude. He said that? He said, you're pushing up on me. Because people are like, like coming after it. You couldn't hear, like, there was a cacophony of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so hard to listen to. So there's a lot of people kind of going against this guy saying, oh, you know, back off, basically. Yeah, like he answered your question. Yeah, but, somebody yelled. But Biden's being super aggressive. And the guy's not going to fucking back down. And the guy's going, you're the one that's in my face. You're the one pointing. And you're pushing up on me because he's, like, getting really fucking close to him. And then Biden goes, give me a break. Don't be such a horse's ass. Look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Are you able to own a machine gun? And the guy goes, machine guns are illegal. And Biden goes, that's right. So are so are AR-15s illegal. And he goes, how is that a machine gun? The other guy. It's a semi-automatic. Yeah. Do you need 100 rounds, Biden says? Uh, do you need 100 rounds? He shouted again. And as the other uh, employees try to break up the argument, the union worker told Biden, there are more deaths in America with handguns than there are with what you call assault rifles. Why are you advocating for advocating for assault rifles when people are dying by handguns, which he meant advocating for assault rifle bans. Uh, but Biden was ushered in another direction, did not respond. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Biden is actively pissing off people that might be swayed to vote for him. He he does this all the time where he'll call people names. He'll say, oh, you're not, you know, you're not a Democrat or you're a lot. You're a you're a, a, a lying, but um, a dog face pony soldier to a woman. Listen, fat. Yeah, listen, fat. <laughs> and then the woman, you're a lying dog face pony soldier. 
Uh, and then he had an- another guy he's talking about taking out and, and fighting. I mean, he's just. He's well, it's just, the same guy he called fat. Okay. So he's just belligerent to people. Um, the people that are that might actually be persuaded to vote for him, he doesn't care. Well, I, I will say I don't know if any of these people are persuaded to vote. Yeah, but you have to have that mindset yeah. when you're dealing no, with I, them. No, I get that. And, uh, you know, Jesse Kelly, the uh, he's got a show on – I can't remember what it is. Twitter provocateur, yeah, Jesse Kelly. He, yeah, he's, uh, he's great on Twitter. But he said um, – he goes, look you – know, and he was expressing genuine concern for him. He said, this guy should not be put in stressful situations. He's just – He's coming to a point in his life where whether this is dementia or he's just got diminishing faculties, he he shouldn't be put in the spot. And he said, I've seen it in my own life where you have relatives or friends who get to that point and they realize that they're slipping. And when they're pushed on it, they get makes me angry. They get belligerent. They get angry. They, they lash out like this because, well, who wouldn't, you know, um, that's got to be terrifying. And I'm not saying Biden doesn't know what planet he's on, but, you know, my grandma went through dementia and there were times she realized that she was losing it. And that had to be that had to be scary as hell. But the point is, the guy should not be running for president. No, absolutely not. He's not going to he's not going to be able to do this job. And again, I I don't care for the guy. I don't like his politics at all. But Trump is going to kick the shit out of him in debates because as Jesse Kelly said, is there anyone better at pissing people off than Donald Trump? And you know Biden's going to come back with his whole line of, listen, man, do you want to go out to the, to the, I'll take you outside to the woodshed. You know he's going to pull that on Trump, and Trump's going to look at him like, are you fucking kidding me? Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He can't even fucking handle being on stage with me. If if Trump doesn't go for the, okay, you can't beat me up, I'll kick your ass. As long as Trump doesn't do that, it's yeah. going to go very badly. No, he'll, go, he'll, he'll probably go like, and if people say, I'm not presidential? Listen to this guy. He's a, he sounds like a fool. Yeah. I, again, I'm no like uh, – we were talking about this beforehand. I'm no bruiser, uh, you know, but I'm willing to bet you take Joe Biden at any point in his life, yeah. you know, and I could kick his ass. Yeah. I just He's not – he's not some – and neither am I, but he's not some tough guy. I'd knock the talking veneers like right off those chicle teeth. <laughs> Well, this guy that he was saying it to is less than half his age, I'm guessing. Yeah. He didn't even look like he was 40. Right. And he's, I'm going to take you outside. No, Joe. Yeah, enough with the tough guy talk. Seriously, Joe. I would I would never say that to someone out and about because. Here's what, here's what he could get away with. In my day, I'd have taken you out back. Yeah, maybe. Maybe get away with that. Oh, it sounds kind of endearing for an old man to say that. Like you understand you're not a fucking tough guy anymore. Yes. Still not a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to Jesse Kelly's point, he goes, you know, people say, well, the left is a lot of the people on the left are saying, uh, you know, hey, this was this was Biden acting tough and way to go. And Jesse Kelly's point was, yeah, except he's not. He's just it. This is bad for him. It's looking it's making him look poor and poorly. Yeah, it's, it's looking poorly for him. He. uh he thinks he's doing the Trump thing, but do you see Trump going after voters? Trump goes after the media. He goes after other politicians. He'll go after, you know, the Fed chairman or something like that. He gets in a room with voters. Or celebrities. Yeah, he's in, in a room with voters, and he's like, you're awesome. You know, you're or, fantastic. Well, I mean, he's had rallies where he's had disruptions from people, but he basically just praises the people that are on his side that take care of it, that handle it. He doesn't go after the person. Or he'll go, yes, you hear this? Ah, disgraceful. I mean, he doesn't like go into them specifically and, and say, hey, hey, you piece of shit. I, I should tear you a new one. You know, he doesn't ever do that. Well, it's even like when Megyn Kelly tried to get him with the whole Rosie O'Donnell thing. It's like, you've called women fat. You've called women all these things. And he had. Look, he's done that to some yeah. women. But when he goes, eh, just Rosie O'Donnell. He didn't even go, not that fat cow. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's... It's getting worse for Joe. It's accelerating. Did you see him the other day when he was trying to look all measured and he was reading off the teleprompter and he was doing it poorly? Now, Trump reads poorly off a teleprompter, too. Trump doesn't turn side to side like you're supposed to. He but just, at least he interrupts it with, you know, he yeah. gets off teleprompter and then and then his personality comes out and then he goes back to teleprompter. Biden was like, look to the left, read, say something. 
look to the right, read, say something. It just looked, it looks stiff. Mm. He's not a natural. No. You know? I mean, Obama was great on a teleprompter. That's about all he was great at. But. Yeah, I'm the, really looking forward to the to the debates with Trump and him. I mean, it's it's popcorn time. I mean, there's, I mean, I'm not going to miss him. You mean it's corn pop time. <laughs> <laughs> corn pop is a bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he's going to call Trump at some point? Corn like, Listen, Corn Pop. Yeah. Can you imagine what, that? that? I want to hear that. I can't. The whole quote is ridiculous. Can you imagine if he like, uh, and he won't, but if he had dementia and it was so far gone that all of a sudden he thought he was back talking to the guy then? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go out in the parking lot. <laughs> you see this chain wrapped around my, my mitt? I'm going to use it to knock your teeth out. What What are you talking about? I'm going to hit you right in the snot box. Right in the gob. <laughs> <laughs> You mook. You mook. <laughs> now he does. He does like seventies jive. That's like his go-to. Listen, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, that's that's what he goes to. That's his. That's his default. <laughs> well, one thing that's been really interesting about they talk about the Democratic turnout for these primaries has been very big, and it has. It's been record-setting. But look at what's been happening on the Trump side. The yeah. guys. He's not. Running in a primary, I mean, he is, but not he isn't. not seriously opposed at all. Yeah, no one. You don't need to go out and vote for Trump. He's gonna win the nomination, yeah. and people are showing up in record numbers to vote for an incumbent president in a primary. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but it's got to mean something. Well, there was just an article written by a woman who voted just voted in the Democratic primaries, but decided to attend a Trump rally. Did you, did you see this? Yeah, we talked about it. Oh. All right. Well, not news then. She there was a there was a response to her article, a oh, real really? snarky response by some liberal, um, basically talking shit. And then she came out and kind of did a response to the response. But I'm not going to get into that because well, we didn't news. do the response part. She had just said because we we said you know she's saying oh I'm a lifelong Democrat and I mean we don't know that. Yeah. Well, it turns out she kind of was already kind of sickened by the Democratic Party and kind of going independent anyway. Yeah, she said she was voting for right. Pete and then yeah. then uh, calling it. Calling but, it. I mean, she and she also she's also shilling for her whatever her – she's got some sort of business where she tries to tell people how to get people to listen to you for business. You know, it's like basically she's just shilling for saying, you know, the, but she's saying in context to her um, her professional field that, that, that Trump and his supporters know how to get people – to listen and to and and to engage, whereas the left will not do that. And for nine dollars a month, she yeah, can show that's you. That's pretty how much to what she's too. doing. So I'm not going to give her too much uh, airtime. What was the response though? It was just some snarky asshole. Um, just uh, uh, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph talking about how the Trump supporters are, you know, uh, 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 chump, they call them Trump suckers and stuff like that. You know, it's like that kind of shit. Just a uh, TDS Trump derangement syndrome kind of guy and she just she went on YouTube and kind of did a, a paragraph by paragraph where she's like okay this is where you're wrong this is where you're wrong okay I agree with you on that but this is where you're wrong it was actually pretty good well I I'm I hate this identity politics thing where you are defined by some decision you make you know if you vote for Trump you're a racist sexist all this if you uh, you know if you vote for the Democrats you're a baby killer I mean people are not monolithic yes they have tendencies but this idea that you can just assign this whole set of values on people based on one decision. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I still I vote mostly Republican when I vote. Um, I don't think except I, for Ilhan Omar. Yeah, she's the only one. She's my, my Ilhan. I call her. Yeah. Um, just like Trump when he calls out his African American in the crowd. That's my. I point out that's my Ilhan. Oh, okay. Um, but I. I don't really consider myself a Republican. I consider my, myself a conservative. But then if you talk to me a little bit and you go, well, what conservative platforms do you take? I'm like, well, I'm pro-life for sure. I'm, you know, liberty. And that's, well, that's not really conservative. That's, I mean, that can be considered just libertarian in, in mindset. But I have no problem with uh, with gays getting together and having civil unions and having the same rights and marriages as, as uh, straights. So that's, was that conservative? No. Um, You're throwing me for a loop here. Things like that. It's Next, like, you're going to tell me you don't mind people being of another race. Well, I don't mind so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, if you ask me like a, a, a list of uh, progressive versus conservative and liberal, I'd be all over the place. I'd probably be like lean more conservative, obviously, but I wouldn't be just like label. You can't just label a person that, you know, monolithically. Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's like, well, it's like asking somebody, you know, um, as soon as you meet him, you go, what do you do? What do you mean? Well, what's your job? I don't fucking care. I'm, I'm bowling with you. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about my fucking job. That's not who I am. No, when someone asks you that, when they're like, what do you do? You, you go, you just lean in and go, you mean like when no one's looking? <laughs> and then sniff them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, though. Like, a lot of people are into that. They're, they, they'll label you. They'll go, okay, what's your job? That's who you are. That's what they expect from you. You make a certain amount of money, and you have a certain attitude, and you vote a certain way because that's your job. Well, fuck you. It's not me. <laughs> yeah, people ask me now. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, nothing much. <laughs> I mean, like for a living, go. Yeah, I answer. When I'm not masturbating? <laughs> <laughs> I did notice you have an unusually strong grip. <laughs> well, you know, it builds the forearms. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we talk about uh, – have you heard anything about this coronavirus? Um, I think it's – I heard it was racist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> on Nick Searcy's page, the actor, he had uh, he had something about somewhat. It was a uh, it, some chat. I don't know if it was text or whatever because I'm not on all these social media platforms. But it said somebody goes the Wuhan flu, and someone responded going, "Calling it the Wuhan flu is racist. There's really no way about it." And the person came back with, "How about the Kung Fu flu or <laughs> Kung Fu flu?" Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I think, well. Well, then yellow fever must have been super racist. Okay. Yellow fever, um, Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Uh, what's, God, what are some of these others? There was a whole list of them. Mm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm spacing on them now. But basically, these things are named for where they come from. Yeah, what is the what's the Zika virus? What was that from? Just the region it was from? Yeah, well, Ebola is named after the river yeah, yeah. that runs through there. Yeah, how's that not racist? Right. So you're pointing out a location, a geographic location that has a certain subset of humanity there. So it's got to be racist. The epicenter of this virus is Wuhan, China. Yeah, that's a fact. That doesn't mean you're racist for pointing that out. You know, next thing you know, the sun coming up is going to be racist. Mm-hmm. So uh, my. My youngest son came home and he goes, Dad, why did Trump call the coronavirus a hoax? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Ooh, I know. That's the I uh, propaganda arm of the Democratic Party in the schools and in the media, working I, their magic. I told him, I said, listen, he didn't call the virus a hoax. He said the media churning up all of this, you know, hysteria over it is the hoax. Yeah. Well, and uh, David Plouffe, the guy who helped Obama win. Uh, he was a campaign manager for him, I believe. Ploof. He, yeah. You're such a ploof. I know. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be the kind of name the guy who ran an Obama campaign would have? Right. Looking kind of light in the loafers there, Ploof. I'm surprised his first name isn't Les. <laughs> Les Ploof. <laughs> Leslie Ploof. I love it. Anyway, he said. Uh, he. I mean, he's on video saying, "Yep, this is our chance to take Trump down." He was the guy who was politicizing the virus. This is Trump's Katrina. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to – so I told my son, I said, there's like less than 100 people who have died from this. There are more than 150 people who died yesterday from influenza. Yeah. Now, I get it. This is early on, this um, strain or whatever of the flu. We don't have enough data to know how – we do. It is worrisome that it has such a long incubation period without presenting any. Yeah, it's like two weeks. And, and so that makes it really difficult to contain, which at the point is then just accept it at this mm-hmm. point. You can't contain something like this that. This is happening. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Corona. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to, to freak out about it at this point doesn't do anybody any good. Uh, it, it's... Even if it has, like, what is the regular flu um, point? Like, what's the fatality rate supposedly? It's like 1%. I thought it was like point, like under 1%. I I think it's around 1%. Okay. And then this coronavirus, they're not sure yet because. Between three and four. Yeah. And I think that might actually lower 
or go higher depending because they don't even know how many people got infected with it at this right. point and that would change it the might percentages. be there are tens of thousands of people who have it and then just didn't even present any symptoms whatsoever right because that can and that'll happen. change the percentage right there so it's just don't freak out about it i mean treat it it's not something to not be you know to not take some kidders consideration for but it's not something to freak the fuck out about but that's what that's everything that the left is all about now. It's about it's about uh, what was it Carvel that who was it that said uh, don't no it wasn't Carvel that said don't let a it was Podesta wasn't it don't let um, a crisis go to waste. I I don't know one of the one of the Democratic strategists and he was quoting somebody else you know it's like obviously yeah. nothing's new but that's how it came back into um, into uh, prominence where uh, a Democratic strategist was saying don't we don't let a, a, a crisis go to waste meaning politically use it to your advantage. Well, and that's that's exactly what they're doing. They're following through with that. But they're accusing Trump of doing it. Right. Well, I mean, that's what that's another thing the left does, and they're very masterful at it, but they're getting caught left and right now, is projecting. Whatever they do, they try to quickly put it on some on, on their opponent so that it so that it, it it's the view is not on them anymore. The the uh why why is my brain not working? Because we're old. Yeah, there's no investigation. And, and you have coronavirus. So, so you so you kind of put the investigation on the opponent so that the energy and resources are put on the opponent as opposed to you because you're the one that's doing it. You're just having a Joe O'Biden moment. Yes. Um, but doesn't, then Doesn't Joe O'Biden sound like it would be like a replacement for the Lucky Charms guy? <laughs> sure. But then, you know, so they're saying, they're saying this is, uh, you know, uh, Trump can't ha- is not handless, right? They're always contradicting themselves. If you get them to talk long enough, the Democrats, um, Biden's done this. Um, um, uh, some of the the news hosts, anchors have even said uh, the commentators like Chris Matthews and not Chris Matthews. Can't remember. Chris who. Hayes. No, the like Lemon and all the pieces of shit, all mm. the fucking typical pieces of shit. You're only calling Don Lemon that because he's gay yeah, and he's and, black. Yeah, and Bernie Sanders. Have, if you give them enough to talk about, they'll contradict themselves left and right because either uh, um, Trump's not doing enough or he's doing too much and freaking people out. It's like in the same fucking paragraph, they'll contradict themselves. Well, you know, Bernie was right about food lines, though. It's good that they have food lines in countries because then the poor people are getting the food. If it wasn't for the food lines, you know, like in capitalist uh, countries, people wouldn't eat. Well, you know. You wouldn't I mean, go to the grocery store. I didn't know stuff. this, and I thought uh, – communism and socialism was bad until bernie said that castro had a program to make adults learn how to read that's pretty good i mean if there are no that he didn't but, he, are, but, but according to bernie he did no he had a literacy program yeah, do you yeah. know what the literacy program was so that adults could read no do you know what it was well according to bernie that's what that was do you know what it was i'm taking bernie's word for it okay it was the communist doctrine uh, and if you didn't buy in, so it's like it's like uh, it, 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 it's like in Islam, where yeah, um, there there's a literacy programs for Muslims, but that all they get to read is the Quran. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, then you know when Bernie said that at the debates, he goes, "Oh, yo, Castro, we got a literacy program," and everybody started booing. He's like, "Really, really? You're booing reading?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're booing. <laughs> but they're, so they're going after Trump on this, you know contradicting the fuck out of themselves but they're politicizing it obviously but um how dare you governor uh, gavin newsom from california um said nothing but nice things about trump and uh, the the left doesn't know what to make of it you know what it was probably just because trump was standing there yeah so here's a, a headline from um uh, a website they followed through quote gav governor newsom shocks at, at presser with high remarks for trump High marks for Trump's administration handling a coronavirus. So California Governor Gavin Newsom shocked many when he had nothing but kind words for Trump and his administration during a press conference on the White House's handling of the coronavirus and cruise ships. During the presser, a reporter asked, over the past couple of days, President Trump has said that he would prefer if none of the passengers aboard these cruises landed on U.S. soil. Did he mention that to you in conversation? And uh, Newsom said, "Um, we had a very long conversation and every single thing he said they followed through on. Um, yeah, we had a private conversation, um, but he said, we're going to do the right thing and you have my support, all of our support, logistically and otherwise, Newsom responded. President Trump said everything that I could have hoped for and we've had a ve- we had a very long conversation. Every single thing he said, they followed through on. Every single thing his administration said, and it starts at the top, including the vice president, has been consistent with the expectations that we uh, repatriate these passengers and we do it in a way that does justice to the spirit that defines the best of our country in the state of California, he continued. 
What a dick. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Trump, what, doing all that stuff? Yeah, and he's and Gavin uh, Newsom has not, in the past, has said some pretty shitty things about Trump. Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. So uh, to have him say that, it's got to have the left to like going, shut him up, shut him up, Epstein him, Epstein him. He's having his Chris Christie moment. You so, know, when Chris Christie, like, put his arm around Obama and he's like, this guy, yeah. I love yeah, this guy. I mean, guy. It's, it's, it's nice to see. It's refreshing to see a, a very left guy that'll just finally be honest. He meet, But the thing is, when you meet Trump in person, sometimes, well, besides Pelosi and Schumer, who've just, I mean, every time they meet him, they go fucking, they go apeshit and they have little tantrums. But when you meet him, you kind of realize he seems pretty fucking genuine. And he actually follows through on shit. He doesn't just, hey, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do that. No, he, if he says this is what we're going to do, you can be damn sure he's going to try to get it done. Well, I want to talk about something that came up with this coronavirus deal that shows, I think, the brilliance of Trump politically and marketing-wise. And I don't mean like, you know, hey, he's just the greatest guy ever. I think it was just a pretty shrewd movie made. But let's do some Would You Rather. All right. All right. So would you rather never need sleep or food again. Oh, both of those would be awesome. I you know why? Because if you didn't need either one of those, you'd be a great astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I would probably. Well, here it says never need. Right. So you could still eat if you wanted to. Yeah. I guess. I guess I would say food. I never need food again. So you never get hangry or, you know. Or I guess, would you crave food, though? Because it says not need. Uh, you probably I'm, crave something. I'm assuming no. Let's okay. just assume no. I mean, if you could enjoy a good lobster or something, like, you know, enjoy, like, I, I really love, here lately, I love pad thai. If I couldn't enjoy it, I'm like, yeah, it's it's a sustenance, but I'm not really getting any When benefit. did you start getting into Irish food? <laughs> I did, I did, I. <laughs> um, Boiled oxtail soup. By yeah. the way, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah, I believe <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know, because if you didn't need sleep, it you could be way more productive, but I think you'd also be way more bored, because like your family would be asleep and, for eight hours. And just a because night. you don't need sleep, you you physically your body would need rest, so you'd have to like just veg out for a while. No, just assume you don't need to. Just assume that you just didn't need to rest or sleep. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that would be interesting. I. If, if there's no negative side effect from it, I guess, yeah. I guess I wouldn't want to have to sleep. I mean, like, sleeping feels good because you, you know you need it. But if you didn't need it, would it would you care if you missed out on it? I don't know. Yeah, I'm torn on that one because both of them would be awesome. If you could chill, like, stretch out on a bed and, like, go, ah, this feels good. And then not have to sleep. You just do it for, like, 10 minutes. You're like, up, up and about. That'd be okay. Yeah, I mean, the... The cool part about sleeping is falling asleep and waking up rested. I never do. So <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. No, it, it, I can see both sides. It would be you'd have you'd be way more productive if you didn't have to sleep. Um. But you'd also, I mean, what do you like me with a wife and kids? What would you do all night in the house? Sit and play video games, or or you just take another job. Yeah, I suppose. You know, make money somehow doing something else that, you know, spend the eight hours at night from midnight to 8 a.m. doing another job. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I would pick the sleep thing because what do you do when you, like, go out to dinner with people? You just be like, eh, I don't eat. Yeah, like, if you can't eat. You'd have to explain it every single if time. If you either can't eat or you just don't enjoy it, then, yeah, that would be no fun going out with people to eat. Be like, nah, I don't want to go out and eat. So I, I think I think sleep might be the way to go. But I will say this about about the eating thing. The worst part about being married is deciding what to have for dinner. What do you want to have? I don't know. What do you want to have? It's like you could just go, I don't eat. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. I, I, I guess think I, you, I think you or persuaded me. I started out with the food thing and I think you persuaded me to uh, to go with the sleep. They'd, they'd both be great. Yeah. So I'd have a hard time choosing, but I think ultimately I, I would, think I would go with not having to sleep. Not having to sleep. Yeah. There's been times where you're like, oh, I really want to stay up and do whatever but i know i gotta get some rest otherwise i won't be able to function tomorrow well if you didn't have to worry about that you'd be like Fuck it. there's something about the idea that if you don't if you don't sleep you just like become unconscious you yeah know? well 
You wouldn't about you wouldn't worry about falling asleep at the wheel either. Yeah, I've I've had that happen almost yeah. weekly. <laughs> um, would you rather have a fireplace or a jacuzzi in your bedroom? Fireplace. E, yeah, fireplace. I mean, jacuzzi be fun for certain aspects of it. Especially if it's like a gas fireplace, you just turn it on, heats up the room, yeah, turn it, it off. Yeah, and it all it, yeah it depends. All on, are you living in a castle? Then you definitely need a fireplace because yeah. they, they are drafty. Uh, but we're talking probably we're talking about like for sexual dalliances, right? I mean, that's basically what they're getting at. Uh, maybe. I mean, if you go to if you're going on a romantic getaway with your significant other, are you more inclined to want that jacuzzi in the in the hotel room or the B and B, or do you want the fireplace? Kind of depends on the year or the season too, the time of year. And jacuzzis aren't that great to have sex in. Uh, I beg to differ. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. All right. I would... To each his own. <laughs> it's fun having sex in front of a fireplace too. Until you get that little, unless it's a real fireplace, you get that little crackle, that little pop where the little ember comes out, <laughs> and you're naked. Speaking from experience here. Uh, no, I just seen dogs. <laughs> Hit the dogs. <laughs> yelp and run away. All right. Next one. Um, would you rather spill food on your clothes every time you eat or trip every time you wear shoelaces? I would rather trip every time I wear shoelaces because I just wear boots without shoelaces. Yeah. I mean, I I wear boots, cowboy boots and harness boots and uh, sl- uh, what do you call it? Uh, sandals. Or if you go back to one of the previous questions, if you never had to eat. <laughs> you wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. So, you know, I might revise my answer. Yeah. If I spill clothes every time I eat. And it, yeah, no, I wouldn't want that because you know wearing fancy clothes. So you're going to a fancy uh, uh, gala, you know, with the black black tie affair. You don't want to spill clothes or spill food in that. Look like a fucking idiot. You know what's funny? Do you remember when uh, you and I had first met and we were hanging out and stuff? That for like the first ten times you and I went and like did anything together. You always brought coffee and you always spilled on yourself. Like, you'd be like, oh shit. I was like a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, you were like bad coffee luck for me yeah, every time like, we got together. What's the matter with what you? What the fuck am I spilling coffee every time? That's the only time I spill it is around you. You just made me nervous. I did. Yeah. yeah. Knots in my stomach and hearts fluttering away. I have that most that effect on most people. <laughs> All right, let's get on with uh with the, with the stories of the day. Okay, so the thing I think that is brilliant that Trump pulled um, is this whole idea of getting as a stimulus for the whole well, – first of all, I'm against government stimulus stuff. I believe if this coronavirus thing is going to tank the market a little bit, let's just let it do it, right? Right. I don't think it's going to collapse the economy like 2008 because that was based on you know, uh, bad loans and just – bad financial dealings. This is just people being paranoid, you know, and I think it's going to present a great opportunity for a lot of people to buy some stuff that will accrue value later. Right. Like Apple stock and Amazon and all that. Um, but, uh, so I'm, I'm against like the government pouring money in. I'm not necessarily against them tweaking some stuff here, but one of the things they talked about was the payroll tax, not charging payroll tax. So, you now you'd still have to pay it back. So, you know, you'd go the rest of the year without it, um, and then you'd have to pay it, you know, come tax time. So that does a couple things. One, it lets people have more money right now. And you can say, well, why do they need it? I understand that. But, you know, if some people aren't working, they're not going to be getting the payroll tax. Getting too into the weeds are with the economics of it. And I'm not saying I'm for it or against it. The part I love about it, though, is... If you actually did that and then later made people pay that money back, they would be like, shit, that's a big chunk of money. And you would be like, well, that's just what you had in your paycheck for the last eight months that the government took away from you. I like the idea of people seeing, like having to physically, you know, go in and see and write a check, you know, for how much money's taken. But on the other hand, there'd be a lot of people that would just not budget for that or not do it and then the, at the end of year they would not have that money to pay back and then they then the IRS would be then we'd have to like double and triple the size of the IRS to deal with all those people that don't Yeah but with Trump in office do you think we would? He'd just be like fuck it figure it out. And then the IRS would be like we can't. 
Yeah. And they'd go after some people, but I, I just love the idea. And by the way, that's why I'm against like social security. This yeah. whole idea that, you know, well, if you don't have that, people won't save too fucking bad. Well, and then that I just got this uh, kind of driven home lately and I can't remember where I heard this, so I can't attribute it, but they're talking about payroll tax is for social security. Right. Mm -hmm. And they go, so they can, uh, not strictly, but, but uh, FDR, when he, when he came up with the idea for payroll tax or for, to fund social security, he said, it's going to be a payroll, but it's not going to be, he's not going to, they're not calling it a tax. We're calling it contribution. Right. And the reason is because it really, all it is, is a tax for a welfare benefit for welfare, Mm -hmm. just like any other welfare. That's a tax for welfare. That's all it is. Pure and simple. But when you kind of confuse the issue and call it, no, you're contributing to your retirement fund, then people, their mindset changes about it. And FDR knew that. And he actually, I wish I had the quote for me, but he actually, he actually said, yeah, I'm tricking people. And, and once, once they, once they see it, if they see it this way, then, and once we implement it, they'll never be able to go back. And right. I'm like, and I'm like, and I heard that today, uh, today or yesterday. I'm like, fuck, I never even really thought about it. It worked because. I actually did think of it as a contribution almost. Yeah, I mean, no you think than... when they say payroll tax, I don't want to, I don't immediately put two and two together and go, well, that's paying for social security. Um, so I don't, but when they talk about social security, oh yeah, that's the fund that we've been paying into and, and contributing to in order to have our retirement fund, our supplement retirement. It's like, no, it's a fucking welfare fucking scheme. Well, and I don't mean to go down a big rabbit hole on social security here, but I do get tired of people who are, you know, of like my parents' age. Now, they don't say this, but people go, well, I paid in, so that's my money. No, you, you didn't pay any in anywhere near the benefit you're getting. Yeah. The amount you paid in is nowhere near the benefit you're getting. Yeah. It is all, it's a pyramid scheme. Yep, that's exactly it's what it just, is. They need the money that that people who are in their 70s and 80s put in the, in the uh, Social Security has, has been gone years ago because government borrows from it and all that stuff. It's... And I just heard somebody the other day, like I said, this just keeps going down a bigger rabbit hole. A lefty friend of ours was like, oh, the GOP is telling you uh, Social Security is going to be insolvent. And, you know, it's because they're borrowing from it. And it makes no the Congressional Budgeting Office is telling you it's going to be insolvent because you're not putting enough money in. There are too many people retiring too soon, living too long. It's not going to last. Right. But regardless, um, this idea of a holiday from the payroll tax, I like for two reasons. One, because again, it's going to make people realize how much money went in there. If you have to write a check at the end of the year for $10,000, well, then sorry, you got to write a check for $10,000. And for those people, to your point, who didn't save for it and just spent the money, the IRS handles shit like this all the time. They just go, yeah, we're just going to garnish your wages for the next two years. They, they do that all the time. So they'll just go to the people who had that. They'll know the but amounts. Then actually, that'll put a, a big onus on the politicians for those people, the Democrats especially, to go, oh, we have all these people that are pissed off because their wages are being garnished. Right. You're, you're going to have a hard time yeah. as a as a Democrat going back and saying, well, we're going to reinstate the, the payroll tax. Because yeah. people are going to go, don't take my money, spend less money. That's what they're going to say. Yeah. And they're saying it's going to... It's going to add a trillion dollars to the deficit, which I'm not a fan of. Um, but if it can prove that point, a trillion dollars versus the amount we have in the debt right now is not a big number. But if that causes, I think it will cause people to think about the government just like you think about your household income when someone in your family gets, if you're in a two-income family and one of you gets fired. You look at it and go, we don't have near as much money coming in. we got to start ditching cable. We're not eating out. You know. Sell one of the cars. Yeah, we're doing all this yeah. stuff, you know. Um, and I want, I want a situation like that, so that, you know, we can see. It's just like when they say, "Hey, if everybody had to write a check for their payroll tax on April fifteenth, that would be better." Yeah. Because we'd see that, and I think that would get a lot of people to say, "Holy shit, the government takes a lot of our money," because they do. Now, the left gives Trump a hard time about it and saying, well, he's politicizing this. Okay, so what? You guys politicize everything. And when it comes to taxes and stuff like that, you can't help but politicize it. That's what it, that it has to do. Yeah, it's tied side, specifically to politics. One side wants it and the other one doesn't. Yeah. So lost in all of this is the reason I think Trump is even more brilliant because he does shit like this all the time. He goes, yeah, we'll do a holiday from it and all that. And then as like a throwaway line, he goes, just make it permanent. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> and so that, I think, resonates with a very small sliver of people, you know, who might be on the fence on any given issue when he, when he throws in a line like that. You know, so there may be people who go, well, it'd be nice to have, you know, that money, but we're going to have to pay it back anyway. And Trump's a dick. I'm still voting Democrat. Okay. But there are some people in the middle in any particular issue. And I think he wins some people over when he does that, who they go, well, you know, that'd be kind of cool. And they go, well, yeah, but I'm going to have to pay it back anyway. So what am I going to do? And he goes, oh, we could just talk about not paying it back. And they go, I'm sorry, what did you say? (laughs) I kind of like that idea. I mean, I, I would be for an increased deficit if it was a government just slashing income and then saying, all right, so now we don't have money, so we better start making cuts. Yeah, it's not going to happen, though. I don't know. They, it, they seem incapable. Even the Republicans seem incapable of that kind of stuff. What happened under Reagan, Reagan cut taxes like a mother. Yeah. But the Democratic Congress did not cut spending. Now, Reagan did spend a lot on on uh, defense. Yeah, military spending went way up. But that military spending also ran, uh, it ran the Russians right out Pay of the- back in dividends. But it ran the Russians right out of the Cold War. Right. They couldn't keep up. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically almost collapsed the Russian economy. And do you really, I mean, are there still people out there that think, well, thank God for Social Security. When I retire, I'll, I'll be able to survive and live, you know, a decent life. Nobody my age, 40 years old or younger, thinks that, Sure they so, do. So security is going to be the sure uh, going to be this um, you know this safety net for you. Absolutely, I, I, really, because I don't know anybody in my circle that goes, yeah, I'm relying. I'm gl- I'm so yeah, glad but, Social Security. I, basically, we say it's not going to be there for us. Look, so you we, never, we've you been rarely up. you rarely leave your basement, so your circle yeah. isn't big. Yeah, yeah. You so, know. but I haven't really ever expected that I'd be able to retire and not have to have income or not have to have savings because of Social Security. Well, three things to that point. When you say, are there really people that think whatever the rest of that question is, the answer is yes. There's so many fucking people around that you cannot, again, this goes back to what we said earlier, you can't just view people as monolithic ideologies. There's people who think everything. Hell, there's people who think the earth is flat, you know, and they try and prove it. But there's also people who just go, I'm not going to worry about it. It's good today, you know. I'm, I don't have 50 plus. I don't have any money in the bank. I've got $20,000 of credit card debt. I'm going to be fine. And when you go, how? They just go, I'll figure it out. And no, you're not going to figure it out. You're in big trouble. You need to start saving. Yeah. You just go, I'll be fine. I'll figure it well, out. Well, first of all, the earth very well may be flat, but moving on. Shut up. <laughs> we, uh, the thing is, if somebody told me we're... If I really thought you believed that, I'd get up and walk right out. If somebody told me we're going to... We're going to eliminate Social Security benefits. But we're going to kind of do it to a point where, you know, the people that are a certain age and above are still going to receive their benefits. And then there's going to be a, a diminished for people, you know, 40 and whatever. And they're going to have to supplement somehow. And then it's going to taper down. And I'd be like... And I, if I'm in that... Let's say I'm in the the... the the group that's got to get barely any i'd be like yep because there's going to be a lot more benefit there's going to be a lot more ability for me to save money without that tax being taken out and to invest in all that anyway right and this is i think to your point you say this political it really comes down to ideology because i remember uh four or five years ago there was a um republican congressman i can't remember who it was who maybe it was an economist proposed Okay, here's how we fix Social Security, which is going to be insolvent in 2025. And they propped it up a little since then, but, I mean, you're buying it five or six years. And said, here's the cutoff. And it was, like, at 45. And I remember it because I was right around that age. And it goes, you're not getting any. You've already paid in some. Tough. It's gone. Okay? But we're not charging you anymore. At this point, you're out. Yep. Okay? So start saving. And the response to that would be, well, some of those people won't save it. Big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. That's not the government's problem to make sure you save money. And guess what? When we didn't have those programs and we had people who'd gone through the Depression, they saved money. And there's that's when families stepped up. That's when um, the churches um, got involved, when some charities got involved. And the thing is, the government's very, and the Democrats and the socialists and the progressives are very much about destroying family because they don't want people to have that safety net of family. 
to fall back on. They want the government to be their sugar daddy. Well, now you're getting all conspiratorial. Oh, sure I am. Now I see, now I see why you think the earth is flat. Yeah. Um, I don't, th- I don't deny that they're, uh, that, you know, they've been taking a whack at the family here and breaking it up, but I don't know if the two things are related. I just think it's all, we can do better for it, you. It is. Yeah. Trust me on that. Yeah. I can't, um, I won't trust you on anything. I've got a new uh, idea for, for something we should do at the end of the podcast. Cause there's always so much stuff to talk about. And we never get to it. Let's do, do some quick shots. All right. We can't, we can't be spend more than three minutes on these next subjects, but okay. let's just make a couple comments on them. Okay. All right. So the first one is that like three. New York creates a containment zone, limiting large gatherings, um, in New Jersey. Um, so, uh, new Rochelle, the name of the place. Okay. Um, how do you feel about that? Real it's built quick? on top of old Rochelle. Yes. I, it reminds me of the game we played called the division where the, uh, uh, uh virus was infecting the bills the, and it was during Christmas season and it spread so quickly that they quarantined, quarantine yeah, a lot of people died and they quarantined most of New York. And then these agents, these sleeper agents for the U S um, were activated. You play those agents and you're basically murdering civilians for the government. You were the bad guy. It was awesome. No, you were rescuing some civilians from other civilians. Yeah, that's what you were supposed to be thinking. Until all of a sudden we're playing. Well, the four of us are playing online, and we're like, oh, so I, I, we go, I stopped for a second. Wait a minute, guys. We're the bad guys. <laughs> but you couldn't kill civilians in the game. <laughs> well, no. Yes, you could. The Rikers are civilians. Well, yeah. Prisoners. The and prisoners are civilians. The cleaners and, were civilians. Yeah, cleaners. The were, looters were civilians. Cleaners were burning people to death. I don't care. Yeah, okay. They were anyway, civilians. I... I said a long time ago on our Facebook page, Bread and Circuses Podcast on Facebook. If you haven't gone there, you should. Uh, and like it, damn it. Um, the uh, I said on there a long time ago, about a month ago, this whole coronavirus thing wasn't going to freak me out until I saw somebody in military fatigues in a military truck roll down my street and go, get back in your house. Yeah. Then I was going to freak out a little bit. Yep. And New York City calling in the National Guard for this is getting real close to that. That freaks me out a little bit. I don't like the idea that they can just say, we don't know if you have it or not, but you don't get to leave. Yeah. I don't like that. Scary stuff. And I think that that would be bad if you get into a place that's a red state with a lot of gun owners. Yep. So. All right. Next topic. Um, This is from Alpha News. A Minneapolis business owner rails on members of city council after decision to scrap federal funds requesting more police. Um, so basically, the there was um, you can get this um, uh, lump, extra funding yeah, funding for specifically for police departments, which like, is our money. All you have to do is, is file for it, and you'll and you'll get it. Um, but the four members of the committee voted to quash the meet the idea during a meeting. Um, they voted against submitting for a grant application, um, and they represent some of the highest crime areas in Minneapolis. Um, so one of them is this person named Steve Fletcher who has long opposed increasing police staffing in Minneapolis, he said of his reasoning for the decision to block the request is that he worried that the allure of federal grant money would lead to unnecessarily growing the police force. So, uh, you know, hey, there's a big spike in violent crime downtown. And, um, no, there's not. Oh, there's not? No, there's not. You're, just, you're reading that in your right wing. Oh, it's fake, fake news. Mm-hmm. Okay. Propaganda. Okay. Yeah. Well, so... Um, just like those videos of, pe- of roving groups of people beating up people, that's that's a deep fake. So basically what this guy is saying is saying we we want to limit or we, we don't want to grow police. We actually, if you think you need more or what was it, Mayor Fry, Jacob Fry, um, the, who was it that said they needed like how many more police? Four. Yeah, but how many did they say they needed? Oh, uh, the police chief, Arredondo, said they needed like... It was it was, it was like a, a triple digit, yeah, number. huge number, and then we ended up getting four. That was the compromise, right? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, so they want to make the police force so ineffectual um, that what that warlords start uh, policing their little sections of the neighborhoods. That you know you've got drug dealers and in, in this little uh, four four block area that is in charge of you know um, keeping the peace there. And then you've got the warlord in the other four blocks that, you know, that, you know, and they had these little uh, like truces. Yeah, it's, you're going to have warlords. Basically, that's what you want. No, it's only because uh, cops are racist and only murder black people. Okay. Well, that's that says it all. Yeah, there you go. We'll move on to the next subject. <laughs> um, so Champlin Park, this is more local stuff. Champlin Park, which is in Minnesota here. High school is pushing radical politics and math and English. Now, I'm not. it's not just math and English. It's pretty much... 
every everywhere in the schools now. Yeah, but this is getting bad. Um, so there was a math racist. Yeah, there was a um, student at Champlin Park who wanted to remain not anonymous who shared some photos um, of of uh, uh, tests and, and and a curriculum basically, and one is uh, titled "The Reparations I O," an exponential growth model of privilege. So it talks about you know, as a white person, you know, how, why you owe it and why it's going to be so much. And then, uh, they've had a issues, um, uh, for a 12th grade English class that has stereotypes and stereotyping. So it's like, um, tells you what, what everything is. So ageism, discrimination against someone based on their age, sexism, discriminating against someone based on their gender identity, so on and so forth, which even gender identity is bullshit. And then they go all the way down here. There's a whole, there's ableism, colorism, heterosexism, classism, um, but then they get down to xenophobia and then racism. Here's the definition of racism committed by white people against people of color. Prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief of one's own race is superior. But the first line is committed by white people against people of color. What's wrong with that? Isn't that exactly the definition of racism? Yeah, we're going to we're going to do like a seven part, you know, series on education and in America and Minnesota specifically, and we're gonna have a roundtable discussion with a bunch of parents we know. And this stuff is just—I mean, it's—it's it, rage-inducing. I yeah. think there's gonna be there's gonna be some spittle flying at that one. All right, what else you got? Uh, you said you might have one. Yeah, okay. uh, I have three quick. Uh, Bill Maher doesn't realize—he's not getting it. He's—he keeps railing against the left, and he's talking about. Have you heard some of the things he was saying, like that? We talked about before, like Chris Matthews getting fired for flirting, basically, is just ridiculous. I think Bill is not understanding that the left he thinks he represents isn't there anymore, that they've moved too far left. And he right. doesn't really, they're going to come for him, too, just like they tried to come for Joe Rogan. Yeah, I mean, but you have um, Dave Rubin. Yeah. He's another guy that was uh, with the Young Turks, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's the persona non grata now with the left, you know? Yeah, and Bill's going to be the same way. Right. They're starting to call him an old, privileged white guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got nowhere to go. And he's like, I run a show. I got fired from a show called Politically Incorrect. I can't be way more. I can't be more left. And they're just like, yeah, well, you're railing against. Well, the left now are the Puritans. So, yes, exactly. And, and uh, you know, there's they're they're uh, spiraling, uh, virtue not virtue spiraling, um, purity spiraling oh, okay. into oblivion. So. Well, they're lying dog face pony soldiers, is what they are. <laughs> All right, two more questions. Listen quick. here, fat. Yeah. I'm going to take fat. this outside behind the woodshed. I'm about to take you outside. Um, I, I'm going to admit that I didn't get this one. The MSNBC math thing, they said Bloomberg spent $500 million, and there's 350 million people in the, in the country, so he could have given everybody a million dollars. And I have to admit, I spent about three or four minutes on that one going, wait a second. And you're like, 500 people a million dollars. Yeah, but they said. But it sounds so good. I know. I mean, I'm just I'm looking at five hundred and three hundred and fifty, and I'm going, it works. Yeah, you can and, give me each a dollar. Yeah, wait, well, no, they, a couple dollars. Yeah, dollar fifty three. And they said no. If you divide three million yeah. into five hundred million, and I did it on the calculator, and I'm like, but no, they're not dividing it. They're just. That's and funny. At one point, I'm like. God, it looks like it should work. It is funny it? how something that simple can, can get you for like, yeah. But the difference is, and I'm pretty good with math. And I'm not. The difference is I don't have like a whole network sitting there vetting this stuff for me. Yeah. Who was it? I, I don't Brian recall. Williams and this uh, pundit called named Mara Gay. Yeah. And they were both like, yes, totally. It shows how much money there is in politics. Yeah, and, and I heard they doubled disgusting. down on it even after they got called out for how stupid it was. Yeah. I don't know if they did or not, but I think Bloomberg's. Bloomberg's race proves that, yes, there may be a lot of money in politics, but it doesn't win you elections. Yeah. Yes, you need some money, you know, but this idea that you just spend the most money you win, that whole thing dispelled that. Yeah. Uh, and then my last one, did you see the video of the thing in San Francisco where San Francisco uh, uh, changed the city law that said that basically – you can't be arrested for stealing stuff under nine hundred and fifty dollars in value. Yeah, they won't uh, prioritize that. They won't. They won't. Even, police won't even show up for that if you call. Well, they might show up, but they're not going to arrest you. Right. So there's a video. There's more than one, but the one I saw was uh, two women 
basically at like a CVS pharmacy or a Walgreens or something. Yeah, walk into the makeup department and just take. With garbage bags. Yeah. Just shoveling stuff off the shelves like the zombies are coming. Yep. Well, then he put on top of that the uh, – who was it that was going to, to get rid of bail too? Like bail is unfair for people that can't afford it. So they were going to um, not charge bail. But So to so do that, so no bail on top of no charges. You might as well not have cr- uh, crimes. You might as well take crimes off the book. But then the upside of that is then no one will be a criminal. Yeah. Because there's no crime. Well, there's you no know crime the, to be committed. The uh, the ray of sunshine in this particular video was these women in San Francisco ran outside, slipped on some poop on the sidewalk, and <laughs> impaled themselves on some dirty needles and died. <laughs> so there was justice in it. Nice. And were they eaten by giant rats after that? No, no, no. That's that's New York City. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can't make it up anymore. This is not none of this is Babylon B material. You know. I know. It's like Babylon B is going to be out of business pretty soon because yeah. everything they say is just going to seem believable. Yeah. So. Well, we're past time here. So if you want to get a hold of us and um, berate Rooster or um, commend Crow, you can get a hold of us in email. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And go to the Facebook page. Uh, it's breadandcircusespodcast.com. Oh, and give us a review on iTunes podcast. Yeah, because we could use them. Yeah. And uh, if it's less than five stars, Crow's going to hunt you down. Oh, yeah. See you. Bye. Bye.